Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 77, we discuss Wonder Woman 1984 and the other DC film from 2020, Birds of Prey, or the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Listen to our discussion on these comic book movies and stick around for some last movie on Earth and a quick discussion on The Mandalorian and a real quick bit on Star Wars. So, um, this is episode, and I think this is episode 77, because I did just make the file to look at it, and I'm already forgetting. It is episode 77, first one of the new year. Uh, first one we're recording of the new year, because I couldn't release the other episode until the first day of 2021, so I was a little delayed there. <laughs> um, but this is the first recording of 2021. We're still okay. recording I- over the phone, so if that tells you anything... Gobble, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say I'm good, but I miss going to movies. Dude, I went to the theater. I went to the... What did th- you see? I saw A Promising Young Woman. It the uh-huh. Did you see the trailers for that when it was, like, last year coming out? Um, no. That was the one where she, like, pretends to be drunk at bars, so guys take her home, and she... Pretty much they try to get with her as she's drunk, and then... Turns out, oh, she's not drunk, and then she puts their name on a list, and you're like, what's that list? And she pretty much messes with people, and there's a whole history with her and a friend, and Bo Burnham shows up at one point. Uh, Bo Burnham's great in it. Whole movie's pretty good, actually, and uh, yeah, it's probably it's probably up there as one of my favorites of this year. If we were to redo the list last week, I don't know if it would have made top five still, but it's still in, like, easily top ten. Hmm. It was very... It kind of felt like American Psycho, um, but it had more of a point to it than Mm -hmm. what American Psycho had. But it felt like a modern, like it already felt like it'd be a classic black comedy in the future. Like it felt like a black comedy, even though it's a serious subject matter and it's really uh, dark. Um, It also had like a weird humor about itself. But yeah, that was a good movie. And I got to see it in theaters. So that was exciting. The theaters are open again for the moment yeah i keep getting ads for it on like youtube of like our specific like marcus theaters oh really <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, Gre- yeah if i can get around i'd like to go yeah greg marcus grew I- a beard oh yeah yeah he's a new ad i almost went to the theater um when i got my covid test and Ooh. then i remembered I can't. I'm getting tested for COVID right now. <laughs> I was like, I was down there at the deck, and I was like, oh, since I'm here, like, and I got no work today, like, I might as well go over and watch a movie. And, like, that was, like, my plan for, like, the whole time. And then, I'm like, wait, what am I even thinking? Like, of course I can't. I'm literally getting tested for COVID right now. Oh, uh, that's the complete <laughs> opposite of what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Look at you being responsible. Good for you. I'm glad you didn't go. Me too. (laughs) Watching some movie and sitting in the back, every like scene. (laughs) Now, like if you cough in public, it's like I don't know. It's it's like saying like a swear word in public, and everyone's just like, like kind of looks at you. I mean, there's nothing good in theaters right now, anyway. I mean, besides the movie I said, like everything else is. They still somehow managed to release the January slate of crap. 
You know, we have like a Liam Neeson movie in theaters right now. I'm like, really? He still got his yearly January movie out? Like, are you serious? I'll tell you what movie I'm glad I didn't see in theaters. <laughs> Which one? Wonder Woman. Which, what was that? I can't hear you. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> hey, you need a hey, that was in Chloe's top five movies of the year. You leave it alone. <laughs> It's because I saw six movies. <laughs> so Wonder Woman was exactly better than one other movie this year. Justin, we need a soundboard for this for this uh, podcast. You know what? There's a lot of things I'm gonna love to do once um I uh, once the pandemic's over and we can do it together again. Because I would love. I actually want to get like actual mics with the whole USB to uh, whatever the actual mic outputs are. Like actually the get them. Well, to yeah, subwoofer that would be nice. No, like I want to get like a switchboard so I can actually mess with the sound on a dial that's separate from the computer, and um, yeah. But a soundboard would be kind of cool too, and then we could be like a '90s radio oh, DJ. Squatch, Jimmy the Squad, Um, yeah, but Wonder Woman '84. By the way, so we all saw it on HBO Max. Um, but I believe in a couple days it will not be on HBO Max anymore because I think it's only for the first thirty days, and I think it's off. I don't know if it's already get that off. Thing Sick of seeing it. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell the audience right now is like this may be your last chance to see Wonder Woman '84 as it was meant to be seen on HBO Max as part of a fourteen dollars <laughs> subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother. It's a piece of crap. <laughs> um, well, we, we kind of talked about it. Uh, like, I, I think it was either the last episode or before that. But I think, it no, it was the one where we did our top five. Because then we immediately went into, like, um, Chloe saying she's only seen six movies. But it's still in the top five. Um, and But I feel like we didn't get enough of a chance to talk about it. And, you know, given the year had all the superhero movies pushed back, we usually do episodes on all the comic book movies. We love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we were actually talking about before this episode started. And uh, we do talk about the DC stuff. Um, I uh, And we had two DC movies come out this year. So um, why not talk about them both and actually give a chance to really talk about wonder woman 84 um which i guess i guess the best way to start out would be to know like what everyone kind of thought of the last one because i can't i kind of don't remember what everyone's response to the last one was and we didn't have the podcast yet so i don't know have we ever talked about it besides i think we did a dc extended universe episode where we talked about all the dc movies kind of i remember liking it i remember not liking the third act that's kind of everyone's review of the movie, but same. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I didn't really like the third act, but the rest of it was pretty uh, stellar. But the thing I was most excited for at the end was, I can't wait until there's a sequel, because I think they could do a lot with a sequel. And a lot of comic book movies, their sequels tend to be better than the origin story. So I was like, hey, let's see what that sequel looks out uh, looks like when it comes out, and we'll go from there uh so i was really excited for a sequel to come out and um i don't know i i started to see the trailers and once we got to uh getting actual footage of what Kristen wiggs gonna look like i kind of started to feel a little <laughs> like uh, maybe it'll be okay <laughs> maybe maybe i'm oh. just wrong 
Are we going to, at the end, are we going to talk about our updated DC list then? Yeah, you know, actually, if we pull them up, uh, we should actually make it updated to uh, go through them all again, because that would be kind of fun. No, I almost would have rather had Christian Wig look like someone from Cats. <laughs> like the whole time before the movie came out, I was like, I hope it doesn't look like Cats, and it turned out to look worse. I thought. <laughs> Wait, did you did you want like Cats, or did you want the butthole Cats, like the butthole cut? I wanted the butthole cut. No, <laughs> um, like I knew it had to, like for the most part, look like a cat. But I was, I was I was dreading that it would look like she came straight out of like the movie Cats. Mm. But when it came out, it ended up just looking like bad CG. Like I almost would have rather had the cats. I feel like it's already been pretty well known that this was a bit of a messy movie and that it kind of was a disappointment for a lot of people. And I think everybody kind of expected a little more out of it. But the whole experience felt kind of... It felt confusing to me because I didn't really know what the movie was trying to be. I don't think they ever really found a... I mean, I in, in a way, I guess they found a stride, but it wasn't... just wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the direction I wanted them to go. Well, it wasn't even like... I don't know. It really... It didn't feel anything like the first one and. Which is like it, it's okay. Like there's a lot of superhero movies that go that direction, but just not very interesting choices or so wild and out there that I'm surprised. Like I, I mean, we've talked, we joked a little bit about some issues last episode, but even today I was reading more reviews on Wonder Woman '84, and there's stuff that I didn't notice the first time, or stuff that I did, but I didn't wonder. I didn't know if anyone else had recognized it, and then I saw a lot of it, like this seeing but overall it seemed like really really cheesy like mm-hmm. like it's like it's so like this is like one of the most like four kids superhero movies there are around is like it's just like like the humor level is like four children yeah. <laughs> almost <laughs> that no. it's not necessarily bad it's just like immature humor like it's not clever like none of the storytelling in this movie was clever like none of it at all no it, it was literally the the plot was literally based on wishes and, <laughs> and beating the villain was i said it last time when we talked about it but like the tinkerbell thing was like clap if you believe and she'll come alive like take back your wish and then you'll beat the guy just just take it back right yeah yeah, and if you're gonna have some kind of like simplistic uh, answer like that, and like you said, it is kind of made for children. It, it feels very blatantly made for children, and that's not like a bad thing. But if you're gonna make a movie like that and then have the finale also like a Disney fairy tale, where just you know, like you said, Tinkerbell, clap your hands, let's all wish our wishes away. Maybe don't like involve the Middle East into it, you know? Because it's like... <laughs> I don't know. That kind of was a little weird. A lot of that was really weird. And, you know, I read more about it because, like, I don't feel like I'm also even, like, the expert to talk about it. But I've read a lot about, uh, like, the responses to that. And it's very much like... Yeah, there's definitely an offense to be made. But even then, like, 
it's weird that you're seeing like that montage of people wishing their wishes away and then you got that guy who's like in the middle east like doing that shooting and he's like i wish i could do this and then he's like i regret my wish and i'm like why is this like why do we have this in the movie like why is this part of it like such a we go from such a cartoonish like mall fighting scene and then suddenly we're like let's talk about uh middle east and um geopolitical stuff like that and you know it takes place in the 1980s reagan era and i'm like oh cool yeah let's do that (laughs) it's like why i I, since the first movie i kind of compared it to captain america first avenger Mm -hmm. the first movie and i can kind of like draw a line between her and cap like they're they're the person out of time like they're kind of the yeah the person who was in the wars and kind of just fought back in the day mm-hmm. and so i i almost had this expectation of it being an espionage kind of captain america winter soldier-esque before it came out and it <laughs> it did not meet expectations at all it didn't feel like it had kind of a, a lane that it wanted to go it wanted to be campy like Aquaman and also a Winter Soldier where they were in the Middle East for no reason. <laughs> well, because like one of the yeah. things that I thought was when it began... Well, okay, so when it really, really began with that opening IMAX scene, um, that felt straight up like Zack Snyder. And it seems like the media has made it very well known that Zack Snyder was more involved in this movie than he was in the previous one. Um but that scene alone felt like, okay, this actually feels like Zack Snyder's DC universe. And I'm not saying that's bad. It's like, um, it's kind of shot like something he would shoot and feels very like epic, like something he would do. And then watching that opening scene, though, I, I was very aware, though, that that was probably going to have no connection to the rest of the movie. It was pretty much a reason to bring Robin right into it because continuity wise, she can't go back there at the moment. Um, so I was like, okay, so they're probably, this almost feels like a deleted scene from the last movie that was, you know, filmed for this movie. And Mm -hmm. then we got to the mall scene and it was very cheesy. It was very goofy and it reminded me of Richard Donner's Superman. And I compared the first movie to Richard Donner's Superman, but only in the terms of the character itself where I'm like, the character's not like too complex, but it almost works like Christopher Reeves, Superman, where it doesn't need to be complex. Gal Gadot just is wonder woman as much as Christopher Reeves is Superman. But this scene in the mall was like, wow, this is like the 1978 Superman. And I was like, I almost kind of love that. I really hope they go for this. And that's when I paused the movie and I was like, let me actually read the reviews because I kind of want to know if this is going to work. Because we have two, already two, completely tonally inconsistent scenes after one another. We have this opening IMAX shot, very Zack Snyder-esque, and then we have Christopher Reeve, Superman, Richard Donner, 1978. And I'm like, what's the reviews of this movie? (laughs) That was almost an homage to like the 1970s Wonder Woman show too. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like, and there was a scene where she was like running around and like bumping people, and like when she like bumped that car so it wouldn't like hit someone. I was like, yeah, this is the TV show, and I get that. 
And I actually kind of dug that. Like, I am not against the idea of reviving the Christopher Reeve era of Superman and, you know, like the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. That's an era that is considered cheesy nowadays, but can be done today. Sam Raimi did it with Spider-Man. So, like, it can, that kind of style can be done today. Do it. Wasn't Linda Carter the lady at the end, too? Yes. Like, the one who... Okay. Yes. Which also was a cameo that was way delayed because I was expecting they would have had her cameo in the first movie. I was almost offended they didn't have her cameo in it because, like, come on, she is. Well, like... they're rolling out for this movie. <laughs> so they totally made it up for this movie, and they and actually she when they didn't introduce that character they name earlier in the movie who had the gold armor, I was like, oh, it's gonna be her, isn't it? They're gonna sh- if she's not gonna pop up during the third act, then it's gonna be a after credit scene and i bet you it's gonna be linda carter isn't it and what do you know after the mall scene i looked up the reviews and i was like oh boy i really hope it sticks to this tone and it kind of it kind of doesn't no yeah it doesn't pick a lane it's really disappointing because i'm trying to figure out so after the like because after the mall scene is like when they show that she works with Kristen Wiig and it's like some archaeology it's like archaeology but it's more like uh, they work at a mall or not a mall a, it's a museum my bad <laughs> yeah, she works at a museum uh, well because they were in a mall and they were stealing artifacts so I was like now I'm just confusing everything um, no they they work at a museum and that's kind of where the rest of the movie springs from there and the rest of it's just like I don't know it's all over the place It they never seem to want to decide if they want to stay with that goofy tone or if they want to start being more of a serious like kind of the first movie was a little more of a um, serious epicness to it the, the first one felt like they were actual sta- but the second one I don't know like everything just seemed so cheesy and like not not only like not believable, but like it, nothing really captured my like like is that whole like you know suspension of disbelief thing. Like I felt like it was just not like like to me honestly like everyone was like you know making fun of the of the Christian wig parts, but that was like my favorite part because I absolutely hated everything with Pedro Pascal. Like I, I hated him in this movie. I like him in Mandalorian, and for some reason, Twitter is in love with him all of a sudden. <laughs> um, and in him in this movie, which not, it's not his fault, but like his whole thing, the story behind it was so boring and not entertaining and not like I just wanted it to be over like so bad. Like every scene was just him being a dick to his kid and then, <laughs> and then making bad business deals. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just didn't understand. I didn't truly understand his motivation, even all the way to the end. Like, I didn't really get it. Like, it's like you want to be in control, but you don't. Like, you want to be like, like a Loki figure instead, like, like a, like a mischief person. I, I think, I think what they're going for is he, he's just a failure, and he was sick of being a failure. So he got a taste of like winning, and he just kept wanting to win mm-hmm. and get more. I think is what they were going for, but it yeah. it wasn't done well. So yeah, I don't know everything. Everything and I just 
I liked the idea of some of the stuff that happened when they were in Egypt, but overall it was bad. Like, the, the, what I liked about it is, like, what, like, Cairo, Egypt is actually like with the pyramids and all that. Like, most people think that, like, the pyramids are just, like, out in the desert, but no, they're, like, actually in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. And they showed that in Roman. I was like, oh, finally someone actually showed what it looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. But the actual story of everything that goes on there is really weird and out there and kind of really weird especially considering like 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 you said Justin the geopolitics of um kind of the stuff about with the Middle East you know like stuff that's going on in Israel and they're kind of like like a reflection of what's happening in Egypt or in the movie what was happening in Egypt and it just was kind of like kind of really weird for you to be putting this in this movie right now i feel like it's always you're kind of you kind of got to tiptoe with that stuff because i feel like you could very easily get it wrong and not that i am an expert on it i don't i'm not and a lot of it's just kind of what i read but i do know that a lot of people had a lot of offense at that aspect of the movie but i think like another problem with it is the fact that it takes place during the reagan administration which is kind of collectively i don't i don't want to get too political but like collectively a lot of people have in a way criticized a lot of his policies during that time foreign policies that kind of led to issues that we have nowadays um and the movie doesn't really touch upon that and he's like in the movie too and I, it's like i'm not criticizing putting reagan in the movie like i kind of thought that was funny that they had like an actor who didn't really look too much like him but kind of portrayed him good still like i actually thought he did a good job still even though he doesn't really look like him at all and um yeah but the whole thing with pedro pascal's character is it almost feels like a comment on the american kind of this 80s mindset that nowadays all these years later we're trying to revive but it doesn't really work anymore because the world is different and maybe it was just always fake because in the 80s it was all about you know the excess of life and if you really want it you can have it and everyone should be self-made and there are all these like tutorial vhs's and you know you these workout tapes and these books you can read and you know you read this and you could become this or that uh art of the deal you know all this stuff like that was the 80s it was all about excess and it was all about the revival of the american dream we all believed in in the 50s and for a lot of people it was a huge belief so much so that it was like plastered all over the media and then movies and everywhere um you watch any movie and it's like i love 80s movies but they don't really comment against that idealized american society at all which it's like did that turn out good for a lot of people well it didn't and nowadays it's like we're trying to revive it again but it really doesn't work because the world is way more complex even compared to the 80s which compared to 50s yeah. is more complex so like my whole point is that it seemed like it was maybe going to do that comment on america in a more nuanced way the way they were with pedro pascal's character but for the most part it doesn't it really doesn't tackle on any of that and then to introduce sort of this uh geopolitics into it and have reagan in it but not really have anything to say about it all almost like it's just there because well it takes place in the 80s it's almost like they didn't have a reason for it to take place in the 80s it kind of makes me feel like so if you don't have a point with that it almost kind of makes the whole pedro pascal point fail and 
that's, I don't know, that's kind of what disappointed me. And we, you know, you compared it to Winter Soldier. And Winter Soldier was all about Captain America, who was the symbol of a trustworthy America. And, you know, there's good guys, there's bad guys, and that's it. And he's brought into the world all these years later. And he starts challenging himself. And he's like, actually, there are people within these American, um, you know, like bureaus who are not good people you know ends up being hydra that's just like the um one giant symbol that they have for all the bad guys within it but it kind of judge it makes him challenge his own beliefs that he had in the 40s and that's what kind of made that movie great it's like how do you bring someone like that into the modern age and it's like well you give him nuanced thinking which he does you know he challenges it and he's like no i see where the good guys are and if america's not the good guys or at least uh shield isn't then I'm not on S.H.I.E.L.D. side anymore and we need to tackle it. And you think that Wonder yeah. Woman maybe could have done that, but it gives up. Yeah. I wish that the, they even just would have gave like Pedro Pascal like a different character or like for for like a businessman, he just seems kind of like like he seems animated but not interesting like you look at like Marvel and all the businessmen they have like Obadiah Stane, um, Justin Hammer. You know, obviously played by Sam Rockwell, who like kind of plays himself. But at least they're like really intriguing businessmen. You know, I think it's, I think it's because they actually can do their job for the most part. <laughs> but like, yeah, this guy Pedro's character does have a little bit of depth to his character, but he doesn't he doesn't live up to to who he's trying to be mm-hmm. yeah like i just i don't know like cookie cutter but i don't know of what like i i, I saw the on twitter page and said that tried to model him after trump but i don't see any connection between them like yeah. at all like there's just no like trump is like a bland person in general but i don't like peter pascal doesn't seem like anything particular like i don't know i don't know it just doesn't I don't know. I really didn't like this movie, guys. It was very bad. <laughs> and we have- Agreed. Well, here, I, I, I'll throw this out here. I think what Pedro Pascal's character, as far as being the cookie cutter of something, or to even be just a classic trope of something, is just like the tragic villain. You know, he is trying to be like the tragic villain. I don't think he necessarily even needs to come across as like a businessman, because I think that's the point. But he is supposed to be like this tragic villain, but it doesn't really work well if we don't know much more about the tragedy all we know is that his business is not working and he wants to do something about it so he'll do whatever it takes to get to this point and he's read up about this rock and it's just kind of weird when we get to that point because i'm like i feel like this guy and not that they portrayed him as a hundred percent as a doofus but i feel like this guy would not have waited this long and also they didn't seem to make him like bad enough to go to these kind of measures to do this kind of thing like, it just kind of yeah. seemed out of nowhere. And I'm like, how how is this a tragic villain then if we don't know what his backstory is? And if we don't know... If I don't really understand his character. I mean, I like the performance. I do. I liked Pedro Pascal in this movie. But the character really didn't make sense to me. And then if you're talking about just, like, the logistics of it all, I didn't even understand what the stone could do. Like, it kind of was all hard to figure out what was going on because he like became the stone and people could wish upon him but every wish was him also like taking something away from them and it, it, there was so much like i don't 
I don't get this. I don't. It's like he's like a genie, but there's nothing. There's no like cinematic way that they're showing me how this works, and it's like very. It's weird. Also, I don't like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like her in the first? She movie? looks. Like, she looks like the perfect Wonder Woman, but my issue with her in that movie and in this one is that she, like she can't act like she she looks the part but can't cannot physically act at all like i don't think she like her whenever like she has an emotional scene it seems so like not real like so like like she's like the opposite of an over-the-top soap opera he just seems like she's just not in it and doesn't believe it is not feeling it is not like like that's all she is is she looks the part but she doesn't act it at all like i don't she doesn't i don't think she can like capture an audience like people like she's like inspiring for like maybe like younger girls or something you know but as an actress like i don't i'm just like not interested (laughs) in i don't know all of her speaking scenes is just like i'm waiting for it to be done so i can (laughs) find an interesting something like i wanted more of her because she's more interesting to to like watch and act than gal gadot is so maybe i'm being really harsh but i don't i just after two movies i'm not looking forward to her being in more <laughs> i mean i enjoy all the other actors like i've seen them in other movies so i kind of enjoy all the other actors anyway so i don't maybe pay attention enough to gal gadot but i i like her in the role i do um but it's like I don't know she seems like very much like uh, she's just the embodiment of a good person which is kind of what Wonder Woman is very much like Superman or Captain America you know they're just like the embodiment of good but you know with that you might end up getting a performance where it's just like yeah they're the embodiment of this character but maybe this character in general is not like the most interesting thing so let's hope the rest of the movie's good that's how I feel about like Superman like Superman himself I don't think is the most interesting person, but Christopher Reeve is him. And it, that movie is good. Cause so much more about it's good, but it's like the character to me is not interesting. And I feel that way about wonder woman, it's like characters yeah. aren't that interesting, but like, I like the performance cause it is the embodiment of what I'd expect that character to be. Yeah. Um, she reminds me a bit of like, almost like Captain America, like in terms of like who she's trying to be like, like this, true north character you know but whenever she makes like, like any anything humorous that they write her like that they they write in for her like just doesn't hit like it doesn't it's not funny like <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. well and there was things too about this where it's things that i have it's like judgments i've heard against other movies that i've been able to ignore but for some reason i couldn't ignore it here and, like, one of them was that the fact that Wonder Woman doesn't, isn't, like, really in the movie, and maybe I was because I felt lied to, because when we saw her in that opening um, mall scene, I kind of figured, like, oh, maybe she'll just kind of pop up randomly 
uh, throughout the movie and just save people as the story continues. Like, every once in a while, we'll take a break and she'll go do, like, you know, like the Spider-Man thing where he went and saves, like, someone from a fiery building, you know, like, or when Superman saves that helicopter while he's holding Lois Lane. Like, maybe this movie was going to have, like, a lot of moments like that as the story progresses. But then she's just, like, not in the movie. And then we start doing, like, three separate storylines, one involving Pedro Pascal and then the other one involving Kristen Wiig. And it's like, well, like, what, what is this movie about then? Because it's like, okay, we have this story we're revolving around this stone and how it gives people wishes. And, oh, it's challenging everybody. But there's not really much of a story to this movie. Like, there really isn't. The story is the guy gets the stone and he wants to use it to make wishes for himself so he can be successful. There's not a mystery. There's nothing, mm-hmm. like, eventful about this movie. The only, like, build-up we get is for that gold armor she's talking about. And what does she do? She doesn't use it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I just watched um, Captain America, the first Avenger. And it has, like, a lot of similarities to that movie. Like, because in, in that movie, you're, like, you actually, like, start with Red Skull before you even get to, like, Rogers pre-Serum, you know? Um, but the movie goes back and forth between, oh, what's Steve up to? Oh, what's Red Skull up to? Oh, what's Steve up to? Oh, this is what Hydra's doing right now. Like, and it goes like that the whole movie. That's exactly what this movie's doing, where it's not like, there isn't a mystery to unravel because you're watching the mystery. You you know what's also happening. And so you don't feel like there's really any stakes yet for Wonder Woman or whoever Chris Pine is supposed to be like there's there's like you you see it going on with him and so there's no intrigue like it like the smallest part like you're like oh I wonder what they're thinking is like Kirsten Wiig's character as she's kind of like becoming this like all-powerful cheetah person (laughs) I don't know because I I was just thinking that while I was watching Captain America like like man this movie kind of like just doesn't hit for me because like oh I always know what Red Skull is up to because he's telling me I wish it was more mysterious or yeah. like uh, oh what he's up to it, over there in Germany I wish that was happening with this where it's like a more of a mysterious like like Batman versus Superman where like you don't really know what Lex Luthor's doing mm-hmm. you know all the, there's the plan and it happens in front of you like I don't know I, I I've been pooping on this movie too much but we haven't talked about the rape yet. <laughs> Yikes. I don't mean to laugh after that, but I mean, that is what happens in this movie. Exactly what happens. <laughs> Patty Jenkins also tried to argue that something about that too, where that that's not, not rape. Or I don't, I forget exactly what her argument was, but it was like, it wasn't even really an argument. And I'm like, I don't know. It, it's definitely there, it happens, and it's not being discussed like it probably should be, because it's like, why was it done that way? Why did we have to have Steve come back as a different guy when everybody else seems to blatantly get their wish? Why does he have to take someone else's body? Like, why couldn't he just be, like, reincarnated or just be a completely new body? Why does it have to be someone else's body? I feel like also yeah. right away when he comes back, it's like, oh, so he's not really back. So this isn't really going to challenge her at all. 
and that, like you said about stakes, I'm like, I feel like there's no stake here because the cha- the choice is easy. You can't use someone else's body who's not even him and pretend that it's him because you see him that way. Like, come on. Like, that ain't going to work out. Now, if he came back and he was, like, a reincarnated person and, like, his body's, like, slowly deteriorating or, like, being around him deteriorates your body or maybe everybody, I don't know, like, even anything else... I feel like there would have been more of a stake to it. Like if he's literally back and there's nothing, no repercussions, uh, no one's uh-huh. extra life being taken, but you still have to give up your wish. I feel like it would challenge her more. But when he takes someone else's body, I'm like, she's obviously not going to let this slide forever. So there's no stake here. I already know what's going to happen. Screw it. I don't know. Yeah. I think story would have been like, where like he comes back and like the that's like the main point of it is like oh wait no he's like actually like a shadow of himself and like he's like she starts realizing oh wait no this is actually like a sinister person this isn't the same Steve like it's it is Steve but it's like this dark side of him or something you know like mm-hmm. where like has to battle with like oh if it's not real like it's actually not I don't I don't know it just it didn't it was bad or even like a bad story or even like an idealized version of steve where like it's someone who like is absolutely infatuated with her to the point where like they don't have any kind of arguments or disagreements because she pretty much got something that it's not only just steve but it's exactly a perfect version of steve and she like makes her realize like we can't grow from this because you're not him and i mean i don't know i feel like just anything would have been more interesting than oh he took someone else's body and now we slept together yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it just seemed like there was everyone else had kind of a careful what you wish for moment, but she kind of just had like a, oh, you're this guy now, but I see you still as the same. So there's there's no no problem. I'll just I'll just have sex with this guy because he said you. (laughs) It's so weird. It's so weird. If you see that anywhere on Twitter or something where you see Patty Jenkins' defense of it, send it to me because I gotta hear it. Yeah. I don't even know if it was a defense. I think it was almost like she, somebody was like, I think she shared somebody's tweet where somebody was pointing out that everyone's like criticizing that one scene rather than this or that. And, and it, and it was, I think it was mostly that. And then she was like kind of laughing at it, like, haha, right. And it's like, well, still though, I feel like there actually is something to answer for there. And not that, well, not that like any director needs to answer for their work. That's not true. I don't, I don't expect that, but you can't tell me right now that people aren't going to criticize this rightly, rightly so. There were, like, some people making arguments on Twitter, like, oh, everybody's coming after this movie for that, but nobody goes after Big for having Tom Hanks, a child, grow into Tom Hanks and then sleep with a woman. And I was like, no, I hear criticism towards that almost all the time nowadays. That's, like, everyone's biggest criticism of that movie, and people still like it. People can still like Wonder Woman 1984, but we're not going to act like and you know ignore this because oh we can ignore it in big when no one actually does ignore it in big we watched that in high school and everybody was making fun of it and everyone thought it was wrong so it's like well but big though is like the girl in big does not know he's a child well there's that too like she doesn't even know like, in this movie like knows <laughs> this is Sending man's body I mean, if you want to like, compare it even, but it's funny too, because I'm like, and another thing about Big is that, you know, that came out in 1988. This is the year 2020. This movie is not clean. Well, and I was going to mention, I think that's like kind of my biggest criticism. It's like, it's not a movie 
that's using the 80s as a setting while paying tribute to a genre that was popular in the 80s, you know, like the goofy superhero movie a la Superman 1 and 2. No, it felt like it was a crappy superhero movie literally made in 1984. Even some of the effects didn't look that good. And I'm like, bro, didn't you have like extra time to work on this movie? I know there's COVID and I shouldn't criticize anyone, but it's like, I was kind of flabbergasted that the effects also didn't feel that great when it's like, bro, we just, you know, Shazam was your last DC movie. Oh, Birds of Prey. But that also looks better than this. And Shazam had like amazing special effects in it. Like, holy, that was probably some of the best that the DC universe has had. And then we get to this movie and it's like that running scene out in the desert and it's like what is going on like some of this is just practical stuff like you're running in front of a green screen and it just doesn't what is going on like why and i know everyone's pointing out the running but like come on like and that's what i mean it's like it feels like it was made in 1984 and that it's a bad superhero movie you think it's meant to be a bad superhero movie? Well, it's like, I'm going to pay tribute to the 80s by not only making a silly 80s movie, I'm going to make a shitty silly 80s movie. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense, because the only reason we like shitty silly 80s movies is because they actually are from that time. You can't make mm-hmm. one of those nowadays, and I'm not saying they on purpose made it look bad, but I almost want to know. <laughs> like I almost want to know if it was like purposely so campy to the point where it's like god it doesn't even feel like it came out in 2020 it's just a bad look y'all yeah and i think it took me too much time to realize that it actually is as bad as it was because i think it took me two nights to watch this movie i had to pause it i uh i i thought i was watching it late at night and i thought oh this is a superhero movie. I do superhero movies late all the time. I'm going to enjoy this. And I literally had to stop it because I was getting so bored. I watched the <laughs> yeah. rest the next day. And I was yeah, like, we, it didn't get better. Yeah, it drug on a long time too. Like we had to power through it. Mm-hmm. It was two and a half was, hours. Yeah, it was too crazy long for what it was. Also, there's like a few other kind of weirdly outdated moments in it where one of them is... Uh, when she's flying around when she first flies and I'm not even saying that's a bad scene and I'm not against her flying, but I, what was, what was, is she supposed to fly? Is wonder woman fly? Yeah, she does. Fly. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I didn't think anything was wrong there, but they're like playing Adagio D and like Adagio and D minor. I think that's the name of the score. That piece of music that's shown up in so many movies. It was actually in kick-ass during the hit girl, uh, saves her, saves big daddy scene they play that same music and it's like this is 10 years later and not only that this orchestrated piece is showing up in many movies why are they using it here it's such a common piece of music and this is Hans Zimmer doing the score why is he using this but then they go as far as the ending of the movie they're using that music from Batman v Superman Mm -hmm. um which felt kind of weird because I'm like I thought that piece of music was tied to Batman. Why is it in Wonder Woman? Like, this isn't the piece of music that we use when we're getting to the climax of a movie. It's like, no, this is, isn't this Batman's music? Isn't this his, like, well, tragic piece of music? What was that? Wasn't it in the first Wonder Woman? I don't think so. No, I think it only shows up in Batman v Superman. 
I haven't seen the first Wonder Woman in a long time. Yeah, I mean, maybe it does, but I don't. I don't think it did. I, and I'm not sure if Hans Zimmer did the score for the first movie. I can't remember. I know he did it for this movie though. After he promised he would never do another superhero movie, the, just for me, those two moments were like the choice of music was really weird. And also, like, does the whole movie have any '80s music in it? Any what music? Do they have any music that's from 1984? They have the... um, What is it called? How does it feel? That was in the trailer. Was that in the movie? I thought they played like a slower version when they got to the party. Maybe. I, I could be wrong. I could be thinking of the trailer too. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. I, I, felt, I just felt like there was no 80s there wasn't even like it doesn't really seem apparent that this even took place in the 80s except when I don't know some of the clothes they were wearing but even then that's kind of a stretch like what Kristen Wiig is wearing when she you know takes the glasses off and she's actually beautiful uh, that dress she's wearing kind of looks like something modern anyway yeah oh, that, oh that's because today like 80s and 90s actually in style but i think i think the movie was pretty strong in 80s elements like more like like stronger than other movies that are falling back to the 80s mm-hmm. but not even strong elements but like it's it definitely praises the pop culture style of the 80s so like everything is very bright and molly like like how the you know like the last like season of stranger things was mm-hmm. um seemed super similar to that but like if you compared it to like x-men apocalypse i think this is more 80s themed than that one was yeah definitely this felt like poppy like with the colors and everything the color scheme was very like yeah 80s colorful poppy things like that um i don't know like we didn't you all haven't said anything good about the movie like what is there are there things you liked about it there has to be there's like two or three Chris Pine jokes I laughed at, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, trying on clothes. <laughs> the feminist stuff in the beginning, I kind of was into that. I, I kind of liked the like Olympian type stuff, like the games. I thought that was like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just me that like can't wait for Zack Snyder to be back doing stuff that I liked it. Yeah. No, I like that scene because. I, I, I just felt like it was like a deleted scene and I really felt like it was going to have no purpose for the rest of the movie and it didn't seem to uh, but I liked it it did look cool um, mm-hmm. I, I had said this in the last episode that kind of took it ticked me off because they tried to almost base the rest of the movie on the fact that uh, okay so it doesn't really have much to do with the rest of the movie but there's that one line where she's like oh you cheated can't take shortcuts and then that kind of ends up being the whole movie but I felt like that was based on the wrong premise because what she did in that scene was not to me cheating like no she had to find a different way to win I'm like isn't that kind of a better moral to have like yeah shortcuts and cheating are wrong but you know sometimes you got to take advantage of the skills and the moment and the scenario at hand and you know there just wasn't any like nuanced thinking to it it was almost like how like you said felt like a children's movie where it felt like talking to a child where you have to be a little simplistic like no don't cheat and then she's like Uh many hundreds years older and she's like no don't cheat no shortcuts and i'm like i feel like 
there could be a little more to that like no cheating no shortcuts but also don't be greedy with your wishes and maybe if you're gonna be a genie uh help the world not yourself help the world i mean like like that it's kind of cheesy too but it's like i don't know then they could play michael jackson's we are the world i don't know i'm just saying like (laughs) it kind of seemed like that whole premise that whole moral of the story was wrong in my head because I didn't feel like she cheated. Like she lost her horse. She had to get back on it and she did. And I felt like it would be kind of cool if that screwed with her head for so many years where she always had that kind of line of thinking from that one time her mother influenced her. And now all these years later, maybe challenge that thinking and be a little more nuanced with it. Still believe in it, but like tell Pedro Pascal a little more than just, Oh, this is bad and this is wrong and we can't do this and that's it. <laughs> like, no, I I I liked the beginning scene. I liked the feel of like the era that they're in. I, I I do feel like they did a good job there. But everything that like makes a movie good wasn't good. <laughs> like the plot is bad, the villain's bad, the acting's bad. <laughs> like everything else, everything else is good. But those those main criteria didn't didn't hit the mark where I had my expectations, so. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up my review real quick because I remember I listed some things I actually liked. Oh, and there was very little Wonder Woman in the Wonder Woman movie. I think we talked about that last time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that she only shows up again halfway through the movie for that one scene, and then I think she's in the finale, and that's about it. And all of those fights... It's a Pedro Pascal movie. Well, right, and it kind of feels like it's a movie for him, which I was like, I get that there is a sudden love for Pedro Pascal, but it's not like he was in many major movies before this. I know he was in The Mandalorian, covered up the whole time. Like, where... He was in Game of Thrones before that. What was that? He was in Game of Thrones before that. Yeah, well, and I, I totally get that there's like a there's a fascination and there's a cult behind Pedro Basca. I'm not saying I don't want to be a part of it. He seems extremely lovely and likable and I like him in most things. And I, I actually like his performance in this, even though I don't think it, the character really works or the story part of it works. I actually kind of like him. He gets a bit hammy, but it reminds me of like Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man almost like it's almost purposely hammy. It might end up aging a little better because it's so goofy and cartoonish, but like, why is he like almost the main character? Yeah, <laughs> read your review. because well, I, I, I was I listed at the end that I I said it could maybe improve on a second viewing. I don't know about that. Um, I said there's good stuff because I actually I said I liked Kristen Wiig. I said I like Gal Gadot and Pascal, kind of for the reasons I listed though. I I get what your issues are. I said I like the hallway fight in the White House. I said that was pretty awesome. The, the hallway fight in the White House, uh, all that fighting in the White House was really cool. Um, and I said I liked the Reagan impersonator. I liked the fireworks scene where they're flying under the fireworks. I thought that was actually a real kind of neat-looking moment. And it didn't end up being just like a trailer uh, thing. Like, hey, we'll throw this in the trailer and people will want to see it. Like, no, it, it was kind of... It was a real cool moment because you got, you got Steve all these years later has not seen the world since the four or actually before the 40 it was like the 20s um all these years later and he's experiencing like a modern plane and like 
fireworks and it was a cool scene um oh where did they yeah. land I, I, no, no clue. <laughs> um, I forget. How did they turn the plane invisible again? Oh, that was stupid. I forgot about that. All that shit was stupid. How they got the plane was stupid. How he started flying it was stupid, and turning it invisible was stupid. All that was stupid, but the fireworks were cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, didn't she have like only like certain people can like use this power? She's or like, something? watch this. I've only ever done this once with uh What'd she say she did it with? it was like a coffee mug and she never found it again like is that how it turned into the invisible jet originally no i think she originally that was only like in the super friends like cartoon right and it was never you just had an invisible jet yeah i'm pretty sure remember when we could just like have things remember when there just was an invisible jet and that was it we didn't need some stupid ass explanation sure now there is like a comic book explanation but i'm pretty sure it's not that <laughs> and i am like 90 percent sure it just did it just did exist in the super friends it's like superman wears a cape it's like yeah it helps him with his trajectory and doing turns it's like yeah i don't care like it's like you don't need that and <laughs> no it, it was his blanket Oh, yeah, it was his baby blanket. Okay, that's better. No, like, someone compared... Uh, it was on Letterboxd. I don't want to steal their review, but someone said the whole Invisible Jet sequence, uh, that was as stupid as of an explanation as Solo when they had Han Solo named. Like, that was, like, up there with stupidity. And I'm like, yeah, that's... It's like, why do we have to keep retroactively giving reason to everything? And also, so she has the Invisible Jet, so... And not that she's been in too many movies, but she was in Batman v Superman and Justice League and it hasn't shown up. I know it wouldn't show up. It's invisible. Haha. But it's like, do they never use that again? Is that just it? Been there the whole time. I, I just am questioning if it's ever going to come back again or did we literally just do that? Because haha, wouldn't it be funny if she used her power of invisibility that she suddenly has to turn the whole jet invisible? No, yeah, I, d- I doubt it'll ever show up again. Wouldn't it be cool? Prince of Fly- like, because of that scene, Steve has his little monologue about, oh, feeling the air and how good it makes him feel. Then that she basically teaches herself to fly after that, so she doesn't need it, you know? like Yeah. Oh, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Does she ever fly in Justice League? I didn't think she could fly. I think she just jumps posts and then like glides a little bit and then lands and then like Hulk style you know hell Hulk deep and bound forever this is falling with style exactly (laughs) Buzz Lightyear I hated flying okay um I also said I like the mid-credits scene uh obviously because that was just like kind of a neat moment and I said I liked the sets because it looked like they were filming on like legit sets and not green screens like the white house kind of looked like the white house and the finale looked like it was actually at some i don't know doomsday looking uh bunker or whatever but it didn't they didn't all look like green screens so i appreciated that whereas the last movie kind of i mean given the era they were in they probably needed more green screens this movie didn't feel like green screens like the mall looked like the mall the desert did look like the desert even though it looked like they were filming in front of a projection of the desert but it was like it looked i, I like that everything kind of looked somewhat real you know 
even though the effects didn't always look real. What was the mid credit scene? Uh, no, that was just Linda Carter. When they introduced her as that, and she was the name of that character they had mentioned earlier uh, with the gold armor, it ended up being mm-hmm. Linda Carter, and she's the original Wonder Woman. And I liked that because I was I kind of wish she was in the original Wonder Woman as one of the Amazonians, and they never did it. And I was like, I feel like since she's still alive uh, and probably not busy, I don't get why she isn't cameo, you know, doing a cameo. Um, so she shows up in the end of this movie, then at the mid credit scene. So I don't remember. I, I think I forgot that there was one. Yeah, it's a real quick thing. Like it's nothing special. It doesn't. I don't think it's building up to anything, and it doesn't really add to the story. But it's just kind of neat. Like I. It maybe isn't the best review of a movie if I'm saying one of the things I liked was the mid credit scene that had nothing to do with the movie. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I like, hey, the Avengers. You want to know what I like about that movie? The shawarma. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hey, what was everyone's uh, star rating of this movie? One and a half. I think I put two and I was being generous. Yeah, I gave it a very generous two. Um, I gave it I gave it three out of five, but I feel like every conversation I've had is lowering it. Yeah, that's kinda how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sick of thinking of it. Yikes. Um <laughs> Well, I mean we could talk about uh, Hunter's other favorite movie of the year, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is not a sequel, technically. I mean, it has a character that we've seen before in another movie, so uh, it's like a continuation almost, I guess, but it's more just its own thing with the same actress, and I don't think any other characters from the previous movies except for Harley Quinn and yeah. uh, introduction of a bunch of other um, different characters, and I went to look up this director to see what else they had done, but it doesn't look like they've done much else they did a movie in 2018 called dead pigs that sounds cool um but kathy on uh yeah birds of prey or the uh fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn i wanted to know is this the first movie ever to be a live action adaptation of a character who was created for an animated TV show, but was not the main character of. When Drake Bell was Timmy Turner. <laughs> <laughs> That's close. Close to what I'm saying. Um, no, I thought that was interesting. I mean, I get that Harley Quinn was real popular, so obviously they wanted her to be like in live action stuff eventually. But it's always weird to me that I'm like, she literally just started out as like a character on an animated show that they like wanted to give the Joker like a sidekick and it just kind of grew from there. It's just weird to me that she's not based from the comics originally. She's actually based on the cartoon first and it's just kind of wild to me. I'm like, is this like technically the first comic book movie that it's not, it technically spawned off from a TV show and grew to a comic book and then grew to a movie. Did you know Joker has a new girlfriend now in the comics? Mm. is that to boost merchandise sales uh, I think it's just because it's more solidified now that Harley Quinn's on her own yeah Uh, but her name's Punchline really 
Well, that's kind of a good name. <laughs> oh, do, by the way, do they call? Do they say the name Joker at all in this movie? I don't think so. I think they never. I think they always refer to him as Mister J. No, uh, I think I think Ewan McGregor says Joker. Oh, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Because like I, uh, I was wondering if they were doing that to not get people confused about the other Joker movie that came out and to make everyone aware but we're not talking about that joker so let's just not even say joker because <laughs> forgotten about that joker movie already had forgotten about it i think so well i mean it was nominated for an oscar at the time i, I don't know if people really like i don't think anyone's really going back to watch it is the thing you really mm-hmm. what you I, really think so i i think i see a ton of people that go back to joker really i mean not that I don't see many people go back to it as a superhero movie, but I know a few podcasts I listen to people talk about how like I mean people are like talking about like their one of their favorite movies in the past decade is Joker like mm-hmm. and it's I don't know other movies that aren't superhero movies you know like I think Joker is a really big deal to a lot of people who don't like superhero movies but sure. like. You know, it's it's. I see it, I see it among a lot of people who like, I like Fight Club and stuff like that, yeah. where like a, just a movie for them. So I think people go back to it quite a bit. I I don't. I haven't gone back to it yet. Yeah, um, but the, but do you think like the comic book kind of watcher would go back to it? I don't or is know. It for, like, Scorsese fans. It seems. Like it's more the Scorsese fans you go back to it, or just like gritty movie. Maybe they do like the character, but they really don't. I don't see many people actually treat it like it's in line with other comic book movies. You know, I think people... like people like like Nate. He goes back about all the time, and he notoriously hates comic book movies. Really? Yeah. Other than like. Christian Bale Batman movies, you know, like or Christopher Nolan stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I think it was still very popular. I I was just kidding too. I I don't really think that's why they did it, but um, also I can't remember now having seen Birds of Prey. Uh, It's almost been an entire year, but like, did they didn't kill Joker off in the movie though, or at least they didn't? Did they allude to the idea that he was killed off, or? Is it just that they so. broke up? Because I know in the trailer they tried to make it almost seem like she killed him when they went to the like uh, Gotham Chemicals factory and like it blew up. In the trailer, they kind of almost made it seem like she killed Joker in that moment, but that's not what happens in the movie. But then I couldn't remember if they just broke up or if like there was like an allusion to him being killed. But I no, I I, I now that I'm thinking about it again, I think they just broke up and that was it. Um, no, it the blowing up the chemical place was like making it her making a statement like that was their place i think someone well, said right yeah i just but if you like watch the trailer it makes it kind of seem like that's how she killed him off and watching the movie I, I know that's not where it happened but i couldn't remember if like later in the movie like they did some weird cutaway where they almost seemed like she did kill him but nah he's just not yeah he's not a part of the movie um but that's kind of what set off sets the movie into its story where everyone starts coming after her um because she doesn't have joker's protection anymore so um 
I don't know. I really like this movie. I mean, it was in my top five, obviously, when we did it last week. Um, I know Hunter had a different opinion. I liked it more than Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> uh, and I, I'll even say I think I liked it better than Justice League. Um, and actually, but I might have even liked it more than... Maybe I liked it more than Aquaman. Um, but I already really didn't like any of those movies, so I don't... It's not like a great movie to me. But as... As I like when I was watching it, I didn't think it was really anything special. Um, but going back, reading some reviews of it, there was a bunch of stuff I missed, like stuff that I thought would have been clever if I had realized it in the moment. Like I didn't like like the, there's a scene when she's like um, roller skating to Barracuda, and she like Margot Robbie ice skates to Barracuda in Itania. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize, or like I didn't, I didn't catch like the Moulin Rouge callbacks to Ewan McGregor, um, and, and so like I wish I would have caught that stuff, and maybe I would have liked it more. I thought it was more of like a fun, clever movie, but like, and as far as like storytelling and just gen- general like interest in the characters, I really didn't like it. Uh, the re- only real gripe I had with it was that it didn't really develop the other characters I-, I wanted more from from like the black canary and the huntress and even you and mcgregor i mean he he got a lot but i don't know i wish i had more of him like being crazy mm-hmm. but overall i i had fun with it it, it just felt like a I, I couldn't stop thinking of uh deadpool just because of the how it was kind of set up in the editing right yeah, yeah, it very much was like a Deadpool. Uh, I don't know if they intentionally were using a lot of its uh, structure for their movie on purpose, but it it felt very much like heavily influenced by Deadpool. But I didn't mind it. And, you know, even then, like, I loved the structure of Deadpool. I liked how it was written, but I didn't, like, absolutely adore the movie when I saw it. Like, I, I do like that movie a lot but there was definitely parts of it that felt a little like I had known that they were working on that screenplay for years. So sometimes it almost felt like a little outdated at certain moments where it was like, cause the script was sitting around for so long with this movie, even though it's kind of ripping off that structure, it feels like it's a little more up to date with itself. Um, mm-hmm. almost like a little more refined. And, uh, cause it's like, I don't know, because it's literally kind of ripping off something else, but it's like doing it well. And, but I have that same kind of issue with like the characters where I, I, sometimes I felt like I didn't get enough. I'm trying to think of like one of them was a uh, huntress where I, I definitely feel like she's not in the movie too much. Um, I'm not a big fan of that actress. So maybe that's like another thing. Um, I know she's in Scott Pilgrim and I don't really like her in that either. So that's just 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 me like i i think i think she actually has quite the following but it i'm that's i'm not too into that actress um she's good at season three of fargo oh yeah yeah here we're back, back to fargo connections <laughs> so i forgot to say this when you mentioned it during wonder woman did i have i told you guys who plays reagan in fargo Mm-mm. is it the actual ronald reagan no, I mean it's 
President Reagan, but or it's actually when he's campaigning to become president. Bruce Campbell plays Ronald Reagan. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Really good. Oh, I could almost see I, that. Like, he, he's, like, really good when he's, like, giving speeches, but then, like, there's a scene where he's in the bathroom talking to a guy, like, at the urinal, and he's just, like, an idiot. Like, he can't give basic <laughs> advice. <laughs> He seems like he'd be a good Reagan. Yeah, he's really. He said, "I saw an interview where he was talking about how he couldn't wait to be Reagan because Reagan was also in a bunch of B movies for his time." <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Birds of prey. Yeah, I, I, I think the big parts of it I liked was just the fact that I love Margot Robbie and I liked her version of Harley Quinn that we didn't get enough of in Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad kind of. I don't know. I know the whole thing of Suicide Squad. It's like, they're villains, but they become good guys, but it almost seemed like they had too many good guy speeches in it, where I was like, it needs to be a little more gritty. And Birds of Prey kind of gave it more of that grittiness, where it's not even that they're necessarily good people. Like, she straight up, like, murders people in this movie. Like, there's some people who, like, I would say she's not 100% a hero, or, like, the movie's presenting it that way. Like, she's an anti-hero, but and I, I, I love... Ewan McGregor in it so much because I don't know he's just he's like really hopped up in his character and he's just really like boisterous and loud and uh, I don't know like kind of what reminds me of a lot of like Marvel movies do with their goofy businessmen but he's not a businessman so he's like I don't know I, I like that he doesn't play it so seriously though like he's very like he's threatening but he's also kind of funny I, I think I think I would have rather him also be the victor's as and doing the killing, but also at that point he just would have been Joker because he was so over the top. Right. <laughs> so I get why they wouldn't have. But mm-hmm. I think it crossed between like a mobster and Joker character, I guess. With Jack Nicholson, like- Joker. <laughs> I, I liked Black Canary in it, but we didn't get a lot of her backstory. It seems like we mostly get the detective's backstory the most, um, I guess. But we kind of get more, I guess not even backstory, but we get more of her character because we see where she works and we see that they don't really take her too seriously and um, kind of the issues that she has there and how she ends up working with this other group. And um, But I thought all that worked. I liked all that. And I really like Rosie Perez. Um, she also played a cop in Pineapple Express, a very different cop, but I I like her in uh, most movies that I've seen her in. So, um, yeah, she's What do you think of the kid? I thought she was funny. Like she kind of felt very much like a kid. Like that's exactly what kids act like. Like yeah, um, one of my like like a doofus. Uh, kind of like not even like really annoying she's just like a doofus not fully aware of what's like going on at times and uh doesn't give enough of a crap of the situation or even of like because like doesn't she like straight up just run away at one point even though like harley quinn's giving her like explicit instructions that like she could get caught and killed and she's still just and she's still like ditches and i'm like there's just so many things like that where she because she actually is a younger actress but like I totally bought that she was a kid and not like an adult playing a kid or an adult version of what adults thought their being a kid was like like no this felt like a teenage girl and 
yeah, it worked for me a lot. And that whole, like, I, I don't know. I love movies that can do this where, like, a really weird uh, plot point can somehow become, like, the entire plot of the story. Like, in this case, this movie, she eats, like, that diamond or whatever. And for whatever reason, she does that. But then, like, that's why they have to keep her around because it's got to pass through her system. And I think that's just so funny that, like, they have to literally keep her around because she decided to do that like an idiot. And um, there's just something very funny about that. Cause I'm like, how do you even write that? Like, how do you write that that's going to be a part of your story? And then that's going to, like, keep her in the story. And we're going to have to wait around for that to happen. Like, that's part of your movie. Like, the whole part of the movie is that she's got to take a crap. Like, that's a big mm-hmm. part of the story. Someone had pointed out online that they said a lot of these DC movies seem to revolve around uh, a magical stone. Um, <laughs> and because um, they said, like, Batman v Superman revolves around kryptonite. Um, in uh, Wonder Woman, it was that magical rock. In this movie, there was a rock. Uh, it was a diamond, but it was a rock. And These are the knockoff DC uh, Infinity Stones. Right, yeah, that's what someone mentioned, because they're like, oh yeah, as opposed to that other franchise that doesn't revolve around rocks. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> in Shazam, wasn't there also, like, a rock there? Like, isn't that what's inside the, the guy puts in, like, his eye? It's kind of like a rock. It's something like yeah. that. It's like an orb or whatever, but that's also mostly a rock. My yeah. point is, is that it's all rocks. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> rocks other cubes or whatever the hell they're called are basically just rocks right. <laughs> basically a rock <laughs> so I was like yeah um, all the so the both DC movies made sure to continue that trend this year good for them um, other than that though I, I feel like I, this movie was very good in the moment and I feel like I remember liking the way they structured the story and the stylized way of everything in the movie, the way they like structured the editing and some of the more out there moments. Like they do have that scene where like Harley Quinn is suddenly like on stage in like some kind of like cabaret sort of dance sequence. And that whole part was real cool. So I just, I kind of like those cinematic qualities of the movie. Like it just felt like a, like a good experience. I liked it. I actually gave it four out of five stars. I have it listed on my DC Extended Universe list as my second favorite in the franchise of, I I guess, DC Extended Universe films, which isn't allowed to include Joker, but whatever. Like, Joker doesn't count. I hope you guys know that. Like, I mean, I think we do, but... That's part I don't of, count. That's part of DC Black, which is apparently a thing they're going to start. It's weird. Which, I don't... I don't... It's like... Hey, you don't need to create a, like an entire, you know, banner for a group of movies that aren't going to be part of your universe if they're all one-offs. If they're all one-offs, they don't have to be grouped together. Just let them be a just let it be a one-off, okay? But yeah, I have it listed at number two because my number one is Shazam, which I thought that was another one we all kind of disagreed on. Um, I really dug that movie a lot. Like, I think that's still the best DC extended Do you universe just- film. Do you want to just go through your lowest to highest? On yeah, list? yeah. I'll just do my yep. whole list. Um, I have it. I have it. Shazam, uh, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Uh, I have next is Wonder Woman eighty four, but I feel like that's gonna move. Um, 
because then I have Man of Steel. I, I, let's flip those two because I like I know I like Man of Steel more. Then Justice League, Suicide Squad, and Batman v Superman, which I think we've gone over how I feel about that. <laughs> All right. Um, for mine, I got Aquaman number one. I got Shaz- then Shazam, then Wonder Woman, then Birds of Prey, then Man of Steel, then BVS, then Suicide Squad, then Wonder Woman 84, and then Justice League. Dang. Me? Sure. So I've only seen five of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is Aquaman at number one, Shazam, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, and then Wonder Woman 84. I was wondering why you're being so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't believe how low you guys have Batman vs. Superman and Man of Steel. My first favorite is Batman vs. Superman, and then Man of Steel, and then Shazam, I think. Um, And then I'd say Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, Aquaman, Justice League, Wonder Woman 84. Right. I think that's, that's all of them. You know what I do? I I should rewatch Batman v Superman, but like I've watched it twice and I remember thinking it's very messy. But I also will acknowledge that a lot of my issues with Batman v Superman were very present in Wonder Woman 84 and I was not as harsh against it. And now I'm kind of wondering if maybe I've just relaxed my tone a lot more in general. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should check it out again. And Man of Steel, I, you know, and I said this when I was naming them off, but that, actually that is a better movie than Wonder Woman 84. It is. It, I still have issues with it. And I think we said them issues in the episode um, that we did on it last, uh, two years ago, actually. Um, but, you know, I just, uh, I wasn't too, I'm not, I love Zack Snyder's look of his movies, but like all of them I haven't been 100% into. And I just find other movies to... <sighs> I don't know, they fit what I like a little more. Like, Shazam fits a little more what I like. Um, yeah. But I wanted to know, so do you think now that Justice League should be included on this list? Do you think that Justice League should even be considered part of the DC Extended Universe? Well, when... when the, I, say, I say when the, the Snyder Cut comes out, we can do a comparison episode and talk about that how about that Actually, justice league versus league <laughs> yeah oh, we should yeah. oh man cool. that would be funny actually I, I i was planning on watching joss whedon's justice league again um once that once that new one comes out and i want to watch it after the new one because i don't want to like I don't because I don't act it's I haven't seen it since 2017 so I don't want to like I know a lot of story elements are gonna be brought back into it it's pretty much gonna be a lot of the same story so I don't want to like remember everything again because I I don't really remember exactly what happened so I kind of want to be left to like surprised in the new one so then I'll rewatch the old one I remember liking it more but then I was like I don't like how it's kind of copying the Marvel movies blatantly and almost a little too cheesy and 
once I started to like read a lot about it and realize just how much it was like haphazardly like put together, I'm like, what the hell happened with this movie? Because all the stuff they started pointing out, like freaking Henry Cavill's mouth and his mustache being removed, and it was like, oh, it was removed when they were doing that scene where he like grabs that kid's phone and he was like doing the selfie video. I'm like, wait, they did it for that scene? I'm like, that is why he looked weird there. But why did they even add that in the movie? Like, why was that necessary for the movie? Like, why is it necessary to bring Henry Cavill back to do a selfie video to remove his mustache? Like, was that add to this movie that wasn't in Zack Snyder's, like, shots? Like, why is this here? And that kind of brought me down a spiral of, like, what the hell was Justice League? Like, what is wrong with that movie? <laughs> like, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel like a real movie. Like, it kind of feels like I don't really get what happened. I mean, I, I think it's about as bad as Wonder Woman 84 is. <laughs> I, I, I could agree I, it's with on a redo but then Wonder Woman 84 gets a pass that doesn't make any sense to me like but I think I, I, I think I think I do need to rewatch Man of Steel and BVS and it could go up a, probably a couple more notches but I don't know if it'll beat out like Shazam because I'm kind of in the boat with Justin there like that's that feels kind of more like what I like in a superhero movie yeah um, but I, I do think they are good movies in in general they're well yeah. shot. They're well put together. Um, Those are like, like the kind of superhero movies that like I like live and breathe almost. Like, like I I love. I like the darker and broodier, and more, like epic proportion type feeling, of a movie more than like the campy, jokey, like, like yeah. uh, like I like Guardians of the Galaxy, but and, like. And in a lot of movies, that does work for me. Like, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are, hands down, probably the best superhero movies still. Mm-hmm. Like, I love them. It's dark and broody, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know uh, it was BVS where I, I did, it did kind of lose me at points, and I did get almost bored. And I think that's why it was lower. But I do want to revisit it, for sure, because I know it is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just need to revisit it. Yeah. I just, I, I love them. I was being that audience member who was like whining that the Superman wasn't the Christopher Reeve Superman. And I couldn't really get over that. Like, cause I still don't really like how like serious Man of Steel is to a point. And I was almost kind of happy that they did some things like, oh yeah, the John Williams theme is in Justice League. And they actually gave some color to his suit. And uh, they kind of even have the Danny Elfman Batman theme at one point, even though you can barely hear it. And then he actually rips off his shirt and flies into the air at the end of the movie. And I'm like, that's cool. And they do a little race between him and Flash. But then, like, in hindsight, thinking about it, I was like, a lot of that was just kind of answering to people like me who, one, are not, like, necessarily even DC fans, but also are not fans of the Zack Snyder films. I'm like, so, like if they already let Zack Snyder film at all, like why did they not just let him do what he wanted? Because I, I, and it made me kind of, that's when I started to question, I was like, how much of these other movies have they meddled with? Like how much has Warner brothers meddled with these other movies where he's trying to maybe do something and they've meddled with them so much that he's not exactly given enough freedom 
to maybe actually turn out a better version of the movie he wanted. And that's what kind of yeah. gets Justice League on HBO Max more hope because they're only bringing it out because they're responding to the fact that everyone wants to see his version of the movie. So they're like actually letting him do it. It's going to be a four hour movie. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want to see a long movie, but if it's going to actually be exactly what he wanted, it kind of gets me a little more excited because I'm like, we might actually get the most free version of a Zack Snyder movie we've ever gotten where he's actually given a hundred percent free realm and maybe that's exactly what I've just wanted to see all along. Maybe it mm-hmm. will end up being like my favorite of all of these and maybe my favorite Zack Snyder film. It might not. I might feel the same way that I kind of do about his other stuff, but it kind of gets me a little more excited. And also, I mean, the day that movie comes out, I mean, when we see it, uh, I will be taking off the other Justice League movie from the DC Extended Universe list. It's just going to be Zack Snyder's because it's like clearly well, that other movie was not his at all and it has nothing to do with the story overall well i'm really excited to do the uh justice league versus justice league i think it'll be really fun yeah. I, I i i won't watch the the current one until until we finish the snyder cut and then i'll watch that mm-hmm. yeah I think i'm gonna watch first though i mean yeah. I, that's not my plan don't know what i want to do more because like i i like i want to to be able to praise the snyder cut we can more. we can it. we can watch the old one then watch the snyder cut then watch the old one <laughs> best of both worlds what if, what if we watch the old one and then watch the snyder cut and then hopefully we can all watch the old one together and bash it i don't know <laughs> The only reason I don't, I don't want to watch is because I just I I want to come because I know that a lot of the story is going to be similar. So I kind of I really want to come at it as fresh again as I can. Um, and since it's been so long since I've seen it, I've forgotten enough of it. Where I because uh, yeah, it'll be fun to like compare them, but that's why I want to watch the new one first, just so the whole story about the boxes and whatever the heck that was, and um, what's the villain's name, Darkseid or whatever, Darkseed. Um, I just wanted to be a little more fresh in my memory. Is that the villain? Mm-hmm. What What was the villain in this movie? That was it. Dark side is, Dark side is like the Thanos, but the the one in this movie was Steppenwolf. That's I what think? it was. Steppenwolf. My bad. Yeah. Dark seed wasn't um, that like. Now he's actually gonna be in this one. Yeah, Dark side is. He's like the Thanos. He's the leader. So he shows up in this new one? Like, was he originally supposed to be in it? Yeah. Seemed like he was going to be in it, well, based off of... Be- the thing was, is that they were given $30 million to, like, actually finish this movie. So they had to add quite a bit. And it makes me wonder, too, like, the one thing I'm really wanting to know is if the Green Lantern stuff is going to be added. Because if they're not continuing the DC Extended Universe the way they were when they originally planned this movie, it makes me wonder if they're still going to include a lot of that, like, um, sequel baiting stuff like that into the movie, even though it may not lead up to any other movies. Because, like, one of the things they were going to have in the original cut was, like, Green Lantern. Like, they were going to introduce him. And that was even, like, um, referenced in batman v superman with that dream sequence which ended up not being in the movie at all 
which always bothered me. That never ended up being in the movie. The Flash running back in time to warn Lois was never referenced in the in the other movie. Like, and it makes me kind of wonder: is that stuff then now going to be in the movie? Like, are we actually going to see the Flash going back in time for a reason? Are we going to see the references to that dream sequence he had? And are we actually going to see Green Lantern? Because they're, they were given $30 million, so it kind of makes me think, like, $30 million isn't there to add a few shells and scales onto Steppenwolf. Like, no, they they were given $30 million because they're probably adding entire sequences to this movie, and I want to know yeah. what they are. If it's a four-hour movie, like, I feel like there's going to be a hell of a lot more in it. No, um, I do, too. I, th- I, think, I think we will get Green Lantern stuff. Um it seems like something that Zack Snyder was really kind of gunning for. Right. Um, so if they're, if they're giving him as much control as they say they are, then I think they will. I think it also depends how successful it ends up being in Warner Brothers' eyes, because maybe... Because Zack Snyder right now doesn't sound like he maybe wants to stick around, but um, I feel like if it does really well in Warner Brothers' eyes, that... Zack Snyder will come back to help continue it the way they wanted to before because you know everyone said like Warner Brothers changed their idea of how they were going to do these DC movies and they said the reason was because those other ones weren't responded to well so now we're just doing individual movies rather than like these Avenger type meetup movies but I was like you know honestly the only problem with them was just that you rushed them so much but if you just kind of slowed it down and then released them a little more you know like not so often not have three meetup movies right in a row it might be better so I was like if this movie ends up doing well in Warner Brothers eyes I was like hopefully they'll actually maybe continue with this idea because there's things that I'm like I, I do still want these things to be around like I do want Ben Affleck to play Batman again I don't know if that's even possible at this point, but I would like that. I do want Henry Cavill to come back as Superman. I want to see Green Lantern show up at some point. I would like to see more Gal Gadot with Zack Snyder directing her. Hmm. I just think Patty Jenkins can't direct her. (laughs) (laughs) I think Zack Snyder is the key to making Gal Gadot a good Wonder Woman. So I would even see more. I mean, we're going to get more Wonder Woman anyway, but I want to see more of Zack Snyder's vision for her. Oh, I guess I forgot, too, that, like, Ben Affleck is going to be in The Flash, so I guess he already is coming back as Batman. See, that's the thing. They keep trying to act like, oh, Justice League was an absolute failure. It was a disappointment in our eyes, and we're going to abandon this idea and all its actors. And yet, they kind of keep, like, going back to it. Like, now they're doing the Snyder Cut. And it was like, oh, it was because the fans wanted it. I'm like, a bunch of people on Twitter wanted it. I'm surprised you actually did it. Like, it actually shocks me that you actually decided to do it. And then, like, oh, Ben Affleck is done with Batman. He's not doing his original movie. He's done. He's gone. But now he's, like, almost less than a year later. Like, oh, but he's going to be in The Flash. And I'm like, you keep, like, playing with us. So you keep saying that this is done and we're moving on from it. But yet you keep going back to it. So clearly... You also know that actually stuff did work and you want it to work. So it makes me sometimes feel like they're just lying to us and that every... I mean, Zack Snyder was literally a producer on Wonder Woman 84. I, I know he was a producer on the other movies, but he sounded like amped for this movie. And then he's trying to tell us, but I'm mostly done with the DC movies. And it's like, I don't think you are. I think I think they're putting a lot of faith into this um 
this HBO Max version of Justice League, and if it does real well, I feel like they're just gonna maybe, hey, let's continue with these characters. And I'm I'm very excited for it. Like I, like Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman are like almost their own thing for me. Like I, you can inject that right into my veins. I love those <laughs> movies, and so getting a new Justice League like this will be my personal unofficial trilogy of DC movies that I love I think well right I mean I kind of get it's almost kind of like if we had the original Star Wars trilogy and then you have all this build up and then you get to return the Jedi but it's like they decide to dump George Lucas and Richard Marquand on their ass and they decide to give it to a different director give us some haphazard as edit and just leave it at that it would kind of just bother you for the rest of your life yeah. So it's like I I do get that. Like and it, even even though I enjoyed the Justice League Joss Whedon cut for little elements that I know won't be in the Zack Snyder cut. There was kind mm-hmm. of like after seeing it I wasn't like too happy. I was like, "Well, I think I liked it better than the others." But there was like an emptiness to me. And I think I realized all these years later. I'm like, "I even though I didn't love those movies, I kind of wanted to see him finish it." And it's kind of like a weird relationship to have with a director. It's like I appreciate him so much, even though I don't really love his movies. It, but mm-hmm. I'm like disturbed that I wasn't given the final piece, like because there is something missing. And and it is Batman v Superman with all those extra scenes where it's like it was all this build up, and it's like I we are missing something. We're missing a lot. It's like the new Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, that is a good comparison. That's even better comparison. Um, like that trilogy is Justice League. <laughs> I, you know what? Rise of Skywalker didn't make me feel empty. It didn't because I was fully aware after the Last Jedi that there was no way they were going to end it good. Because I just was like, they didn't even like treat it like a trilogy. They almost acted like there was way more movies than one other movie coming out. And it's like, Last Jedi didn't have him give enough, you know, extra directions to go in. And I love The Last Jedi, but I'm like, this should have been the final movie. Why was this the second to last movie? Um, I don't know. Rise of Sky. I mean, also though, like, I and I, I didn't, I actually, I liked a lot of that movie, but there was even a lot of stuff where I was like, clearly you could have done this better. Clearly you could have done that better. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. 20 years it'll be cult classics all of them i i think that i think those movies will be loved by a whole generation because it's just we're doing the same we're doing the same cycle again where everyone loves the prequels and we should be referencing the prequels and hey guess what now they're referencing the prequels more and you know everyone hates the sequels whereas you know like 20 years ago everyone hated the prequels but everyone loved the originals i'm like yeah, now give it another 20 years because all the kids now will grow up and they'll be mad that there ain't any John Boyega Finn TV shows because they loved that movie. Why did everyone not like that movie? And then he'll be cast in some TV show 20 years from now. Like, mm-hmm. it's exactly what's going to happen. It's almost like predictable that that's exactly what's going to happen because those movies are not bad. And screw anyone who's telling you at this point that those first two movies especially are bad. Like, they are not bad movies the third one has issues <laughs> the third one has many issues hey hunter did you ever watch the mandalorian yeah i finished it oh, and right. it was good i 
I, I mean, I liked it just way more than the first season. That's right. the biggest thing about it. Like, I think they took it in actually interesting directions this time, and I think they they made the Mandalorian's character more interesting, um, and they brought in more interesting characters than the first season. Um, and it gives me faith in their future shows, which before before this season, I did, like probably wouldn't have watched them. <laughs> That's why I didn't watch Mandalorian for so long, because I just didn't think it was going to be good again. Um, but it changed my mind for sure. Did you? Uh, but I also. Huh? Oh, I was wondering. Did you get spoiled at all? Did you get spoiled by that ending, online? Yeah, big. Okay. But not like, like, people told me that Luke was in it. People told me. Boba Fett was in it. People told me, Ahsoka was in it. Um. And I didn't know to what capacity each of those characters were. But I kind of guessed, I guess, mm-hmm. as it came up. So it wasn't, I wasn't too butthurt about it. If it was like a movie, I'd, I'd, I'd be a little bit more butthurt about it. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think it was okay. I'll actually keep up with the next shows probably. Right. So you watch credit scene. The with Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um. So. Yeah. yeah, no, like uh, the the last four episodes of the Mandalorian, I was like, yeah, okay, I was, okay. Blown away. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm I, I'm sick of the comparisons of the sequel trilogy, but I will admit the last four episodes of that show was like a better movie than Rise of Skywalker was. Like, I'd rather watch I, that on the big screen. The last five episodes, because that was Oka episode in that? I thought that was a six episode because I, I, wherever the Ahsoka episode came in and then like everything after that pretty much was like good Agreed I thought all of them were solid actually like I I think the weakest episode was the first episode. Really? I think the second episode was the The one with the eggs bored me It was interesting like it was at least a very different environment and setting than we had seen in like the first season um but you're right, that one was very bland. Um, I thought the I first episode every- was super cool. Yeah, the IMAX shot with the giant dragon thing was cool. I, it was okay. I didn't like it. Really. I well, thought it was weird. I'm glad you walk around with like way baggy armor on him. <laughs> I thought, like, is it, are you supposed to be scary? Are you supposed to be like <laughs> right now? I know you're like <laughs> you're not scary. I remember when uh, the the Boba Fett episode came out with uh, Tamara Tamara Morrison is that his name? Mm-hmm. That the actual Boba Fett, and there's a bunch of like fat Boba Fett memes because his armor when he puts it on it like, doesn't fit him right. Right. <laughs> and the next episode the. the Filbert episode. It, it looked a lot better after that. Yeah, I just like I just it. thought he got like a little bulkier. I mean, I I, I kind of commend them for just going through with it because like he, the actors obviously gotten like a little bigger since Attack of the Clones. But I'm glad that they didn't like expect him to get like get back to that size so you look like Boba Fett. No, I, I'm glad they like went through with it. It's like nah, he's just a bulkier. He's almost like a little more like I don't know. He's like just, almost I I like him more almost. As that? Yeah, I do. 
I, I like his cleaned up armor. I, I didn't expect that. He seemed I like, like the I didn't armor. I think he looks beefy. Like I think he like like the big Ben Affleck Batman beefy. Like, right. He, that's kind of how it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't like chubby in Aquaman. He was normal ish in that one. I think they made made him bigger in this so that he looked like he put on muscle or something. Since he's a big beefcake yeah. dilf. <laughs> so no, this is this is what it was. It was the last four episodes because the the so the fifth episode has uh, that's when Ahsoka shows up, and then yeah. the next episode was Boba Fett in the armor for the first time, and they went to that temple and Yoda, Baby Yoda, Grogu does all that cool stuff and then uh the next episode is where you got caught and that's when uh bill bill burr comes back and i love that episode a lot and then like the final episode is obviously like r- just a really good finale so i like i like that whole string of episodes because <laughs> after the first episode of the show which i thought was such a good way to start out after like it got kind of boring after that i was worried that it was gonna be like season one all over again like Yep, a lot of cool here and there, but not, like, really anything going on. But the last four episodes pretty much, like, saved the whole series for me. Where I'm like, this could this could be one of the coolest Star Wars things ever. And mm-hmm. I do wish they would have just done the Sebastian Stan thing, though. Me too. Yeah. I, I wish they would have recast him and just had, like... Because then it's like, you could give the possibility of him showing up in something else. But now it seems like if Luke is in anything else, he'll have to be done this way. And it it didn't look good in this show. It didn't look as good as it should be. And, um, I don't know. I think they should still have Mace Windu come back because one Samuel L. Jackson still looks exactly the same Two, Um, there, you didn't see a body. Uh, so to me, he's not actually dead. And three, it is too good of an opportunity to pass up now that Boba Fett is in the series. And that's the only reason I thought it was going to be Mace Windu, but then when they said they were doing a Boba Fett TV show, I was like, oh, I bet he'll come back in that. Because this is just too good an opportunity to have the guy who killed your father come back all these years later when you both have completely different mindsets maybe now. Because I bet you Miss Windu has changed a lot. What was that? I said it's going to be a clone of Mace Windu or like Mace Windu's weird clone child. <laughs> yeah, he has like a little Mace Windu. <laughs> I'm Django Windu. <laughs> Django Windu. <laughs> Named him after the guy he killed. <laughs> yeah, we could do a quickie. Quickie? Yeah, uh, if you guys want to... If Hunter wants to... Uh, yeah. Last movie on Earth is a game we like to play at the end of our episodes where we guess what the last movie um, each other saw was. So we'll go around and, you know, kind of list off a description of a movie that we just saw, and we'll try and guess it, and if we guess it right, we get a point, and if no one guesses it right, then that person gets uh, two points. And these points get kept year round which it's a whole new year so i don't know yeah. if that means someone won or not or we're just gonna like <laughs> i'd say we just last do year to... <laughs> let's keep it going because there wasn't enough there wasn't enough episodes <laughs> yeah their last one there was like 90 some points for people and then this year there's like 14 <laughs> right. so, um 
But yeah, uh, Justin, um, do you have standings? Yeah, there? so um, we have Chloe and Zach tied at 14, and we have Hunter and Justin tied at 18. All right. Also, I didn't actually, I still haven't added the points from that uh, <laughs> from that other game, though, for the 90s episode, which I have the points. I, I got to add them still. I deleted the stupid spreadsheet, but it's on the episode itself. I say what everyone made, so I'll just take it from there eventually. However, have not gotten to that, so the points are probably not true, uh, but close enough. Whenever everyone is ready. After being held captive in an Afghan cave, a billionaire engineer creates a unique... Iron Man! Tony Stark! (laughs) (laughs) Someone say Tony Stark? Yeah. (laughs) That was was him, right? He did it? (laughs) (laughs) It's special. Yeah. I think Justin got. Yeah. I would just like to point out, as Zach yelled Tony Stark, I yelled Iron Man. Yeah. So I didn't. I wasn't. I couldn't see it, so I don't know who got it. That's gonna be like the Logan esque <laughs> sequel that they made. Zach, Zach didn't get the point. <laughs> I say Justin and I each get a point. <laughs> Whatever. I got Sydney to watch the Marvel movies with me, so since we're quarantining, that's our mission. Yay! Only we're doing we're doing it in my own chronological chronolo- chronological version. So we did Captain America, Captain Marvel, and then Iron Man. Nice. Oh, you're going in order of like historical history. Yeah, I'm. I- pretty much reorganized the entire Marvel slate so I'm gonna see how it goes that way because I've always wanted to watch it in exact like historical order mm-hmm. um, so we're gonna try to do that are you including all the so. cutscenes or the cutscenes and credit scenes like the Captain Marvel end credit scene yeah 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 okay I mean she's seen like every other movie so um oh. nothing's really spoiled for her right but like you know we're watching like wandavision she doesn't know who wanda and vision are so oh this is like, gonna help her get in so she can watch the shows with me teenage mary cummings who has been who has been born again her whole life is about to enter her senior year at american eagle christian high school near baltimore with her fundamentalist christian friends hillary fay and veronica the three whom have formed a girl group called the Christian Jewels. This Everything, yes, huh? Is this is this like yes, God, yes, or God, yes, or whatever? Okay. <laughs> Everything's perfect until Mary, perfect Christian, or Mary's perfect Christian boyfriend Dean tells her underwater uh, that he's gay. Oh man, what is this? I feel like I've seen the trailer for this. You know, in 2004. No, maybe not. Uh, director Brian Danley. Big yike. And I'm... it stars it stars Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore, Macaulay Culkin. Really? Well, that's a cast, mm-hmm. but I have I still have cool. no clue. Huh. Nope, don't know the answer. It's a it's a movie called Saved. 
Um, I I found it from a podcast I was listening to. Um, they do. It's called Good Christian Fun, and yeah. they, <laughs> they talk about like Christian stuff. They are Christian, but they're like they kind of poke fun at a lot of stuff, and they'll they'll like say it should either go to hell or heaven or whatever. And they they made it sound really good, so I checked it out. And it's they kept comparing it to Mean Girls, and it is like the Christian version of Mean Girls. <laughs> it's really good. Um, but And it came out, like, right before Mean Girls, like, weeks, like, a couple weeks before Mean Girls came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was good. Um, a frustrated, angry teenage girl awakens something in the woods when she naively performs an occult ritual to evoke a witch to kill her mother. That's a mood. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely felt this when I was 14 years old. Thanks. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this one too, but I can't think of it. Is it a pretty popular one? Uh, Is it a Netflix original? It's not a Netflix original, but it was on Netflix last time when I watched it. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. have a guess. I don't even, I, I don't even you know. Got, uh, it's from 2017, if that helps. Okay. <clears throat> Who directed it? I. Adam McDonald. He also directed Nothing That You Would Know. He also directed Backcountry, which is also a Netflix horror, uh, Netflix movie. Damn you. Why do you watch Obscure Everything? <laughs> I, this it was something that I was checking out for my creepy corner. Oh, yeah. We got to do that again. Keep finding some. I'd like to do it again in March. You watched part of this movie. I have? Yeah, you have. When? It was a while ago. This is the second time I watched it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You watched the ending of it. And she was... Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. No, I know you won't remember it. It's a weird name. Uh... Don't be a bitch, mom. No. <laughs> uh, it's called Pie Wacket. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Pie Wacket. It's pretty. <laughs> it's it's not great. Like it's not the best horror movie I've ever seen, but it is pretty good for a small budget horror movie. I watched the end and it sucked me in, so it wasn't. That yeah, bad. you. He liked it, which he usually doesn't like the movies that I like. So. Nice. Here's mine. Five desperate high school students meet in Saturday detention and discover. Damn it! Zach, say it first. No. Zach said it first. Yes, The Breakfast Club. Not an eyebrow. Stella had never seen The Breakfast Club. Good movie. What'd she think? She didn't like it. Really? Honestly, like as I was watching it too, I I told her I'm like I haven't seen this since high school. I don't know if it's gonna be as good as I remember, and I still liked it, but I did not love it as much as I did as a high schooler. Um, I don't know. The movie like is kind of uh, it like meanders a lot more than I remember, where there's just like a lot of scenes that have to do with nothing, and not that it has to. Like I I get that maybe that's the point, but. 
I don't know. Like I watch Ferris Bueller and I love it, and then all like the random scenes I still love so much. But in Breakfast Club, I didn't love it as much. Still is like four out of five for me. But like when Stella was like, mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Like I didn't even like. I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I think I think you maybe would have liked it a little more in high school, when it's like, <clears throat> it's it's very relevant to you. But maybe it just doesn't feel as relevant now. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I I was interested to watch it again, you know, a little older to see if there's like a different perspective out of it. And there really wasn't, but certainly it's still like, it's still like a good, important movie, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Good old, good old John Hughes. You know, to me, I feel like in his 80s streak, he just got better as he went along, you know. 1984 was 16 Candles, which has a lot of problems nowadays. Um, but 1985 was Breakfast Club, and then 1986 was Ferris Bueller. And I think Ferris Bueller is, like, the best of all of them. I think Ferris Bueller is amazing. In fact, I, I'm just going to watch that again. By the way, so the point totals. Uh, so, Zach, for no one guessing your movie, you got two points plus an extra point. You are now at 17 whole points. Uh, Chloe, for knowing guessing yours, you got uh, you're at 16 whole points. Justin is at 19, and Hunter's at 18. So, cool. What do you know? I just want to watch Christian-based movies. <laughs> and and just so you know, it's not like made by like a Christian person or anything. It's just about Christians, and it seems very accurate. From really, <laughs> yeah. Like, like the Regina George of the movie is like super condescendingly like "I'll pray for you" kind of bully. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not like uh, the uh, Amanda Bynes character from Easy A. A little bit, yeah, 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 definitely. And there's, there's like the like cool pastor yeah. kind of guy, and like the pastor's kid, and. Yeah, it, it, it seems pretty accurate from my experience. experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I, I recommend that podcast for people listening. It's pretty, especially if you grew up in some kind of a Christian circle or another, because it's pretty yeah. funny. Really, yeah. it does, it talks about kind of like all the Christian propaganda stuff that you don't realize is propaganda when you're growing up. Yeah. Um, but also, it really does talk about the good elements of it, too. Oh, yeah. Um, it doesn't bash it at all. Yeah, it's just kind of... Really? throws it through, like, a modern lens, really. Just looking at all of it <laughs> and laughing with it, maybe. We'll say that. But it uh, sounds like it wraps up this episode. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Sorry, we couldn't get to I our... Get to- we couldn't get to our special guest, Jai Courtney, on the show tonight, but... Yeah, for our DC. <laughs> hey, his face made an appearance in uh, Birds of Play. Birds of Prey. Birds of Play? Birds of Play. Oh, yeah. He I was on a wanted. I guess, yeah. I guess like, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's going to be back in The Suicide Squad, so. Yeah. I guess that'll be the next one when we update our. Jesus, our- wait, there's like a lot of DC movies coming out this year. That, Justice League. Um. Are we getting the Flash, or is that next year? I think that's next year. But oh, we're getting, next year, I think. We're getting the Batman. Um, and I thought yeah. there was like something else, even like there, I think there's another thing. Probably. But anyway, yeah, busy year. 
busy time. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will see you next time on the show uh, when we talk about our favorite Jai Courtney movies. But until then, thanks for being a diligent COVID inside your house quarantine listener. And remember, always beware of the cinnamon swamp. Cinnamon bombs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. So what do you think of Wonder Woman 1984 and what do you think of Birds of Prey? And what do you think of the DC Extended Universe as a whole? Leave a comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Swamp. And remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp.